0: Hello everyone and welcome to today's audio podcast, a sermon teaching from Grace Bible Church of Akron. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of GBC and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope that you will visit our website at gbcakron.org or hit the link in our bio. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to let us know by leaving us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Also, if you'd like to support Grace Bible Church, you may do so by visiting org slash giving. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Good morning again. It's good to see you and thank you for being here. Uh, we have been looking at 1st and 2nd Thessalonians and uh, we're uh, making our way through what we call uh, the letter 2nd Thessalonians. And so I, I want us to start off thinking a little bit this morning about. Uh, who, who finds the truth the fastest? Okay, think about this with me for just a moment. Who finds the truth for the, the fastest? For instance, if, if someone is lost, okay, and I realized we all have GPS now, so technically you shouldn't have a reason to be lost. But anyway, if you find yourself lost, who is the person who finds where they need to go the fastest? Is it the person who is lost and won't ask for help or is it the person who's lost and will ask for help? It's not a trick question. It's the person who will ask for help, right? And that that attitude, that that behavior that says, "Hey, I'm willing to admit that I may not know something, so I'm willing to ask someone who might know something." Do you know that that's just called humility? That's all that is. It's it's humility. And and I think that that the people who practice humility are the people who find the truth the fastest. You know, because the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And And so you and I, if we are willing to be humble people, if we're willing to admit that there may be something we don't know, or something we don't understand, and we're willing to humble ourselves before the Lord to seek that out with Him, I think that that places us in a really good spot to discover the truth in our life. And last week, uh, we looked at a passage that talked about what happens to people who believe lies. And, and, and to sum it up, really, they, they perish and if you didn't get to hear that that message, I encourage you to go back you can you can listen to it online but But last week was about what happens when we when we believe the lie. this week uh, this, this entire passage deals with what happens when we believe the truth. There are some tremendous benefits that come to you and I when we believe the truth, when we accept the truth, as it is revealed to us through Jesus Christ. Truth is not an idea, it is not a concept, truth is a person. His name is Jesus, and, and what he taught, what he revealed through his life is the truth. And the sooner that you and I accept that truth, believe that truth, live in that truth, well, then there's these benefits that come our way. And Paul talks about these benefits in this passage that we're looking at this morning. So as, as we look at this together, I, I want us just to think about what happens when we believe the truth. The first thing that happens when you and I believe the truth is that we understand what the this is in our life. Now, you got to remember, Paul wrote this letter to a group of people in Thessalonica who were experiencing quite a bit of hardship. They were experiencing persecution. They they were going through trouble because they were following Jesus. And and it was this trouble that that created within them. Sometimes, uh, you know, they doubted, were we really following the truth? I mean, we're following the truth, but we're experiencing more trouble because we're following the truth. So, is this really the truth? Like that never happens to us, right? Because that happens to a lot of us. And then, and then it's this idea that that sometimes when we're following the truth and we're experiencing trouble for following the truth, that that we begin to doubt: Am, am I really on the right path? And Paul is telling them in this passage that when we follow the truth, we begin to understand why we're going through what we're going through. Look at what Paul said. He says, but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this. Through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I look at this passage, the thing that stands out to me, there's a, there's a couple of phrases. First is that God chose you and I as first fruits. If you're sitting here this morning, In this room or if you're watching online and you are a follower of Jesus Christ you say you know what I have received Christ as my savior and I have trusted him to forgive me of my sins and I have received the grace that he is offering to me from the cross if that's you then the bible calls you a first fruit all right that's not a put down okay, to be called a first fruit is not a negative thing. Basically what it means is that God saved you, but he never saved you just to save you. You're a first fruit. He, he saved you so that others might come to know Christ through you. You're the first fruit. Does that make sense? And, and so there's this idea that that as we believe the truth, God saves us. But it's never just about us. It's it's this idea that that we're the first, and as God works in you and through you, God will begin to reveal the truth to people around you, people in your family, people, your coworkers, your neighbors, whoever it is around you. And and yes, you you received salvation. But you were first, not not the end. It's not all about you. You're familiar with the term "one and done," right? One hit wonders. You know, there are too many Christians that are one hit wonders. Oh, I got saved, and then that's it. And that's never and that was never how it was supposed to be. We are the first fruits. God's working in us and through us, and and as as he works through us, what begins to happen is there's this sanctifying work of the Spirit. God begins to work inside of us and set us apart as we receive the truth, and so we begin to live out the truth, flesh the truth, and other people around us begin to believe in the truth too, because we're following the truth. And then he says this phrase, he called you to this. Now to the readers in Thessalonica, they they were experiencing trouble and they were doubting. They were beginning to doubt, are we really following the truth? We're following the truth and we're encountering trouble. But Paul says, as you and I believe the truth, we begin to discover the this in our life. This is what God called you to. For the Thessalonian readers, it was the life they were living. The circumstances they were in, where they were, the things that they were going through, that was their this. You and I have a this. This is the life God has called you to. And we struggle with it because we're constantly trying to change our lives. We're constantly trying to Bring about in our life what we think should be there instead of accepting that when you and I, when we believe the truth, we realize, oh my goodness, this is the life God called me to. Hey, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Um, I've got these two cups back here, and they're, they're both uh, full of water, okay, okay? And so these two cups represent two things. One cup represents our life and what we think our life is about. This is the purpose of my life. My my life is this cup and I've filled it up with things that, that I think make my life what my life is about. This second cup represents God and it represents everything that he knows our life is really about. Now then, if we're going to know the truth about our life, if we want to know what the this is in our life, what, what is it that God has called us to? The only way you and I can discover what God's purpose for our life is is to empty what we think the purpose of our life is. That's the only way I could pour this into the other cup is to empty this cup first, and and what happens to many of us is is that we fill our lives up with things that we think are important, things that we think this is what God this is what God wants me to do, or this is what I think is important in life, or this is what I want to accomplish. And many times, if we're not careful, we're, we're not. We're not believing the truth when that happens. And the only way that, that, that we can know the truth about what the, the life that he has called us to is if we're willing to empty that out and let him pour into us the purpose of our life. And that's what happens when we believe the truth. We begin to see this is what he called me to. This. It's one of the benefits following the truth another thing that happens when we follow the truth is that god fuels our personality to be good or or to be christ-like he goes on to say in the next verses he says so then brothers and sisters stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you whether by word of mouth or by letter he says stand firm hold fast. That, that idea of stand firm, it means do not move. It, it means do not move away from the truth. Once you and I know the truth, we must stand firm in it, not move away from it, and hold fast. That's the idea that we grip something firmly with, with strength and, and with might. So, so when you and I, when we know the truth, we have to stand firm in it, we have to hold fast to it, and we can't be moved by it. Why? Look at what he goes on to say. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal, uh, gave us eternal encouragement and a good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. So when you and I, when we know the truth and we, we stand firm in it, we hold to it. He strengthens our hearts. That word "hearts" it's an interesting word. It's if if we try to translate it uh, strictly into English, it's it's talking about the seat of one person's self. The best way I know to liking it is is our personality. That that literally what happens you and I when we know the truth, we believe the truth, we. We hold fast to it. We we stand firm in it. We hold fast to it. Literally, he, he strengthens our personalities. He strengthens our personalities to be good. Listen, not to do good. Any yahoo can do good. Anybody can do good. But people who believe the truth They don't do good. They be good. I know that's terrible English, but that's what this is talking about. Their personality, he strengthens their personality to be good because they are holding fast to the truth. They're standing in it, and they will not let go of it, and they will be good in their personality. That's one of the benefits that you and I have from believing the truth. And he will strengthen us in every good deed and word. Listen, the idea, that word strengthen, it it means to give us success. So imagine this, when you and I, we, we know the truth, we hold fast to it, we stand firm in it. He then begins to give us success in our personality to actually be good, not just in our actions, but in our words. And we, we become good because he's giving us success in it. That's what happens when you and I believe the truth and we hold fast to that truth. I know a lot of times in our world, Even if we know the truth, sometimes we might let go of it. I dread next year. I dread next year. You know what next year is, right? It's an election year. You know why I dread an election year? Because so many believers will let go of the truth to hold on to their political ideas. And then we get nasty. We're not good anymore. Our deeds aren't good and our words aren't good. And it's because we let go of the truth and started holding on to something else. And I, and I dread that. I know that's going to happen. But that's, that's what it's talking about. See, you and I, even in the midst of a political year, if we can hang on to the truth In the midst of a political year, if we can hang on to the truth, stand firm in it, hold tight to it, he will strengthen our personalities. Where do our personalities come out? Well, they come out at work, they they come out in person, but they also come out online. He will strengthen our personalities to be good. Why? All because we held on to the truth. We just held on to the truth. That's one of the benefits of holding on to the truth. There's another thing that happens when you and I hold on to the truth. It's our prayers become less selfish and more gospel focused. He goes on to say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, he says, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us, that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. May it spread rapidly. When's the last time you prayed for that? I mean, let's just, I mean, I don't want to embarrass anybody, okay? But most of us, when we're praying, we're not praying for the gospel to spread. Unfortunately, many of us, when we're praying, we're asking for God to change some circumstance in our life. These people that Paul wrote to, they were in some horrible circumstances, and they were losing their jobs. Some of them were facing the threat of being arrested because they were following Jesus. Wouldn't it make sense for Paul to write to them and say, now, pray that God will release you from your problems. But that's not what he told them to pray. He said, pray that the, that the, that the gospel will spread rapidly. Those words, it means run free. I have the idea of range-free chickens. <laughs> they just run wherever they want to go. They do whatever they want to do. And it's like Paul is saying, pray that that's what happens with the gospel that it spreads rapidly. But many times what we end up praying for is the new job, praying for some relationship to get better, praying for some problem to go away. Our prayers become unfortunately selfish. They become short-sighted because we begin to think that the the reason that we pray for so much to change on earth is because we have believed the lie that this is what it's all about and the truth is, is 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 that is that this life we're living is meant to be temporary and what lasts forever is the truth that is revealed through the gospel of Jesus Christ and when you and I embrace the truth and hold on to the truth that begins to shape how we see the world it even begins to shape how we see our own problems and we realize that that maybe my big toe that keeps hurting is not my biggest prayer request no god is up to bigger things that are taking place in the world and i could be praying for the gospel to be spread more rapidly that's what he's talking about. And this is what happens when we embrace the truth. I would dare say that if you're sitting here this morning or if you're watching online and, and this is like an aha moment for you and you're thinking about your prayer life and you think, oh my goodness, I never pray for the gospel to spread rapidly. I never pray for people to be saved. I never pray on Sunday morning on the way to church that as the gospel is proclaimed, people would come to know Christ. That never crosses my mind. If that's you, it may be because you have. Not embraced the truth that's what paul is talking about when when you and i embrace the truth our prayers become less selfish and more gospel focused he goes on to say in verse two pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people not for everyone for not everyone has faith now how selfish of this is paul Paul is writing a letter to a group of people who are being persecuted for their faith, and he says, pray for me. Pray for me. Because what what Paul is saying is that he has discovered that not everyone who says they believe in the truth really do. And they're wicked and evil people. And pray that that would, would be overcome as the truth is released. See, Paul Paul is saying to this group of people who were in desperate times not to even pray for themselves not to even pray for themselves. Now listen, that doesn't mean that we should never pray for ourselves. Don't misunderstand me, right? You know that, right? You've been coming, you you know me well enough to know you, hopefully you've been coming to church long enough to know that God has given us permission to pray for ourselves. But folks, it goes back to the first thing. We were first fruits. It's never just about us. And if our prayer life is totally focused on my needs alone, we are missing the truth. We're missing what God is doing in the world. So as we embrace the truth, what begins to happen is we begin to pray for others to receive the gospel, to receive the truth of the gospel, just as you did. Somebody probably prayed for you to receive it. Somebody certainly shared it with you. Somebody certainly cared enough along the way to invest in you, to talk to you, to exemplify it to you, to share it with you. They didn't just see it as for themselves. And when we embrace the truth, we begin to flesh that out in our own life, too. We realize that it's not just about me. And that's even reflected in our prayer life. Paul goes on to explain another thing that happens when we believe the truth. And that is that God is faithful to protect us. When you and I believe the truth, God is faithful to protect us. I don't know if you memorize scripture, but if you are someone that would like to memorize a verse, this next verse is a really good verse to memorize. It says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. That's a good verse to remember in life, maybe every day. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you. He will protect you. That word, the Lord is faithful, that word faithful means loyal. God is loyal to to those who have embraced the truth of Jesus Christ. He strengthens them. Again, we've already looked at this word this morning, it means He gives them success. He gives them success in, in following the truth and accepting the truth and, and fleshing out the truth in their life. And he protects them. In other words, he watches over them. The images of a shepherd that watches over sheep or a parent that is watching over a child. I uh, read a story this week. Some of you in here are not going to know who I'm talking about, but hopefully the story will make sense to you. There was a song that came out many years ago by Simon and Garfunkel called The Sound of Silence. The Sound of Silence has been redone several times. I was actually introduced to the song through one of my sons. I think it was Caleb. It could have been Seth. But there was a group called Disturbed that did a remake of The Sound of Silence, one of the best songs I've ever heard. It's I mean it's it's on my playlist. I listen to it. It's great. I encourage you to go listen to it if you haven't. It's called The Sound of Silence. The song starts off with this phrase. "Hello darkness, my dear friend." And there's a story behind the phrase. And this is how the story goes. Art Garfunkel went to the University of Columbia as a freshman. And when he got there, he met a guy named Sandy Greenberg. They became the best of friends, Art and Sandy. Their freshman year, Sandy was diagnosed with an eye disease and was told that there was nothing that could be done that he was going to go blind and he fell into a depression, into a sadness. He withdrew from school. He cut contact with all of his friends. Art Garfunkel showed up one day at Sandy's house. He lived in Buffalo. He showed up unannounced, and he sat down with him, and he said, Sandy, you need to come back to school. You need to come back to Columbia. I'll help you. I'll help you. We'll do it together. Sandy listened to him. He believed him. He, he came back, and sure enough, they did school together. Art arranged all of his classes around Sandy's classes. He took him and made sure he got everywhere he needed to be. He would read his books to him. And, if, and in fact, what Art started doing is Art referred to himself as darkness. And he would say to Sandy, darkness is here to read to you. Darkness has showed up to help you study. Darkness is taking you to your next class. And so they did this, and sure enough, Sandy graduated from Columbia. One day while they were together, they went to Grand Central Station in New York City, and while they were there, Art told Sandy, he said, look, I've got to go take care of something. I'll be back. And he walked away, and he left Sandy there in his blindness, in Grand Central Station. It took Sandy four hours to find the right train to get on, to get off at the right exit. But when he did and he got off, he bumped into someone, and it was Art. And Art looked at him and he said, I've never left your side. I've been here the whole time. But Sandy said that day, Art gave him something that he, had, that he thought he would never have before, and that was independence. Sandy realized that he could make it. He could make it on his own, even though he was blind. Later on, after Sandy graduated from college, he went off to Oxford. While he was at Oxford, it was Art who called him and said, Hey, Sandy, um, I met a guy named Paul Simon, and we've started a, a group called Simon and Garfunkel, and we've put... A record together and we're wanting to release this record but we're 400 short sandy and his wife had 404 dollars, and they gave 400 of it to art and they released the record the record was a total flop until one year later when the song the sound of silence finally made its way to the radio stations And it put Simon and Garfunkel on the stage. Now, I share all that to simply say that what Art did for Sandy is what God says he will do for us in this verse. God, first of all, says he is faithful. That means he's loyal. Art was obviously loyal to Sandy. He says that he will strengthen us. That means make sure that we are successful in what we do, and Art did that for Sandy, making sure that he would be a success at college, making sure that he could learn how to be dependent. I mean, independent. And it it says that he will protect us, and Art obviously did that for Sandy in watching over him that day in Grand Central Station. Folks, the point is, is that when you and I embrace the truth of Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father becomes loyal to us, He will strengthen us, and He will protect us. Way better than Art Garfunkel did for Sandy Greenberg. But that's what happens. That's one of the benefits of embracing the truth is knowing that God will be loyal to us, that He will strengthen us. He will protect us and watch over us there's a fifth thing that happens when you and i believe the truth and it is that god will provide direction for life paul closes out this section by saying we have confidence in the lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command the things we command. Paul says, listen, I know you're, you have embraced the truth. You're holding on to the truth. You're standing firm in the truth. The Lord is going to be loyal to you. He's going to give you success. He's going to protect you. Therefore, I know you're going to continue to follow these commands. That word command, it's, it, it carries the idea of, of a military order that is passed down. It's, it's, it's the general that is passing down the order to, to the, 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 officers and the soldiers beneath him. And, and, and so folks, you and I, we have commands, these commands that we find in scripture, things to do, things not to do, but, but the reason we do these things or the reason that we don't do some things is because we're holding on to the truth. And as we do that, as we hold on to the truth, look at at what he he goes on to say. He says, may the Lord direct your hearts in God's love and Christ's perseverance. There's that word hearts again. Again, it means our personality. It says that as we follow the commands, the Lord will direct our personality. Our personality into what? It'll direct us into God's love. That means our personality will take on the character trait of loving like God loves. Loving the people around us like God loves. That our personality will take that on. Folks, a lot of times when we're thinking about loving someone, we say, oh, it's, it's a choice that I have to make. And, and it is a choice sometimes. But, but when we hold on to the truth, he changes our personality in such a way that it becomes natural. That I'm gonna love someone like God loves them. But not only does He change our personality to love like God loves, He changes our personality to persevere like Christ persevered. Think about that with me for just a moment. Think about what Christ persevered through. And, and to think that God, if you and I, if we embrace the truth, that He would change our personality to persevere like Jesus persevered. This is what happens when we believe the truth. We become brand new people because Christ changes us as we embrace his truth. Listen, I know that's a lot of information. There's a lot of things there to think about. But the truth of the matter is is that if you want to be a better person, and listen, listen, I don't know very many people that say, I'd like to be a worse person. Sign me up for that. I want to make worse decisions. I want to be meaner. I I want more strained relationships in my life. I, I want to feel like I am not progressing at what I think is important. I want to lay down at night and feel as though I've wasted this day. I don't know anybody that says that's what they want to do. But that's what many of us end up feeling like. And that's because we're not embracing the truth. If we embrace the truth of Jesus Christ, our life takes on a brand new meaning. And we have a direction. And our personality, it takes on brand new aspects. We're still who we are, but he changes us to love like he loves. He changes us to persevere like he perseveres. And we walk around with a, with a confidence of knowing that, that we have a loyal God who's with us, who's, who's strengthening us and protecting us and helping us as we move through life. Paul says this is what happens when we embrace the truth. And I challenge you this morning here in the room and those watching online to embrace the truth of Jesus Christ. He will change your life. He will change your life. I want to leave you with a prayer this morning, a prayer for this week. And I hope it's something that that will give you a language to use this week. But it says, Lord, give me a hunger and a capacity to hear and accept more truth of Jesus Christ. Lies are everywhere. By your spirit, give me the ability to discern between lies and truth. Open my eyes to see the value of living by Truth and the danger of living by lies. Lord, you are faithful. You will strengthen me and protect me from lies. I trust this promise. I pray it in Jesus' name. I hope that can be your prayer this week. Let's pray together and then our time together is done. Father, your word is powerful and it's pretty simple. Lord, I don't know if there's any or or a more simple way to explain the benefits of of believing the truth than, than what we read from your word this morning. To know that the moment that we embrace the truth as it is revealed through Jesus Christ, we begin to receive the benefits that were explained in this passage. And Lord, we become different people. Lord, I pray that, as we leave this place and as we turn off our smart devices from watching this service that that we would be different people we would be people who are living by the truth holding tight to it and not letting go father we pray it in jesus name amen